0: This is episode three of the Online Course Guy podcast. I am Jock Hopkins, the Online Course Guy, and this is the show where we show you how to turn your hobby or passion to a profitable online course. I was able to do just that with the piano, and now, after being an engineer for eight years, I'm proud to say I support my family with the income from my online piano course. I'm also joined by the one and only Nate Dodson today, who is hard to work on his own online course. How's it going today, Nate? It's going pretty good, Jock. How was the past week since we last talked?
1: The past week was um, a little more relaxing for me. I was kind of burnt out on charging through, the um, getting everything redone in my sales funnel for my online course. So I've just kind of done more um, physical work out on the farm and everything and less brain work, which has been pretty nice. How about you? Well, Cool.
0: Uh yeah, going pretty well. Uh you know, personally, I'm still uh still between houses and so I've been moving around a lot. My wife actually went on a little trip, so I've got the uh the the baby or I guess she's not a baby anymore, but the our daughter, just me and me and my daughter um for a couple weeks actually. She uh oh, wow. she, her sister, my wife's sister just graduated from high school and they she's taken her to uh Europe for a couple weeks. So it's uh, it's interesting. That's cool. Yeah, sort of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh but fortunately we're closing on our new house next week. Um and so we won't be homeless for much longer hopefully and we have my uh my new office all set up here in a few weeks and things nice. are looking up for sure. Nice. Um,
1: we we took out our uh, camp we have a camper van that we just got a few few months ago. and We took it out for a few days uh Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. And uh that might be our new house. We're thinking about taking that thing around the country for a couple months next year. We'll see.
0: That would be really cool. You know, we've talked about doing something like that, just kind of doing a mobile lifestyle like that. That's yep. that seems really cool. Maybe you can uh you can do it first and let us know how it goes. Oh yeah, we've been
1: We've been testing it. We've been, we've been out like four times in it now and it's, we, we love it. It's really cozy, but I'm sure there'd be, it's, It definitely seems like there's going to be some major challenges to doing it long-term with four people and a little tiny dog in the, in the thing that
0: we, uh, my wife and I started talking about doing that before we had kids. Cause I feel like it'd be a lot easier with just two people rather than oh, yeah two people and and one kid or two kids. Yep. So that'll be interesting. Oh yeah. <laughs> we'll see if it happens. Well, uh, you you mentioned doing that um, for a few days and kind of taking a break from some of the computer work. I guess how many? I mean, how many hours a week are, are you saying? Are, do you think that you work on your online business type stuff?
1: um well it, it was more than usual the last month or so redoing that funnel um i was working on doing computer stuff just like an hour or two an hour or so a day probably hour or two um i'm not big on really working on the computer uh in the, but this last month i would say i was probably working on it an average of the seven days of the week maybe like closer to three hours a day gotcha
0: so you've got your uh, you've got your new funnel up and running now at this point, right? Yep, it's up and running. How's that going so far? Are You getting a lot of interaction from people? I'm getting a little interaction. I had a, I had a
1: one comment that I accidentally deleted because I redid the comments so that they showed the newest at the top rather than the oldest. Um, but yeah, I've had just two people comment on my video one, and then I've had. Uh, one person that got to the part of the email sequence where they, I asked him to reply and he replied with a big long thing, uh, which was really cool. And I just wrote him back this morning and, uh, another guy that wrote me and he's, um, he says that he's, um, planning to buy the course soon here. Otherwise I haven't had any sales, but I'm, I'm still really optimistic because I saw that the deadline, uh, the first person to enter it gets their deadline. I think it is tomorrow night. So really the first full week that the funnel will be full from like people getting the deadline and people starting will be this, will be this Saturday morning to next Saturday morning. And I think that's when I'll really start to see some, a couple sales pop in.
0: Yeah. So, and, and about how many people a day do you have entering your funnel?
1: Uh, you know, I haven't been keeping a, a tight mark, but it's been about 400 people a month or so the last okay, several so months
0: around um around 12 people a day or so yep probably
1: 10 to 15 on average yeah
0: so that's good so i would say you know if you're getting if you're getting 10 to 15 people a day to go through your funnel and that's how many people are progressing to each step in your funnel each day and um and so you've got r- roughly 50 people or so that even have the ability to buy at this very moment does that sound about right Probably. Yeah. Yeah. And, and all 50 of those people still have the opportunity to buy. There's nobody that's, there's nobody that's exited nope. your funnel completely yet. So that first sale is going to be exciting. And I'm, I'm sure you're um, nervous about it at this point, but I would say if you get a hundred people that go through your funnel and exit your funnel and you still haven't made a sale, that's when you should start worrying. <laughs>
1: Yep, yep, Yeah. And actually, you know, that, that deadline tomorrow night at midnight is the first person and that's just like half a day's worth. So that's just like six people. Mm -hmm. So Saturday at, at midnight will be the first real deadline, but then those people, it opens back up to them like two days later with a payment plan. So it's still like four days out from that. So really it's like next Tuesday or Wednesday till the following Tuesday or Wednesday will be the first week that I'm confident that those those stats will be somewhat, but I mean, weekly stats aren't, aren't very solid anyways for my small numbers. So, right. Yeah. I'm really going to wait, probably wait like a month from, from that Monday and look at that whole month and see, see what I'm doing. And if I'm getting, you know, less than two sales a week, then I'll definitely do something. I'll add on, try and add on the phone. I mean, I'm not definitely not giving up whatsoever. I, I know that it's a really great product that can help people. So I'm just, it's just a matter of tweaking it.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. And the great thing about it at this point is you've, you've put in the hours, you put in the work to get this funnel up and running. Obviously your course was already in place yep. and now you can sit back, you can work on the farm, you can play with your family. All yep. you have to do to maintain this is just make sure you're properly interacting with people as they go through your funnel. And you, you said you are doing that. You know, you replied applied to this guy yep. this morning that had had sent you this long detailed email and you yep. want to make sure you're applying to the comments that people are leaving under the videos. But other than that, you can just sit back and relax and hopefully yep. watch some sales come through.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty confident it's gonna work. I mean, I'm ninety percent sure that I'm gonna get probably get at least two sales a week on average.
0: Well, you you don't know though. I mean you've you've no, sold your know. course you've sold your course in the past at what, a hundred dollars, right? Yeah, I've sold it started at a hundred and then I sold it at hundred and fifty for a little while. So you've you've never made a sale on your course at two ninety seven, right? Nope, just one. I made one sale at 497 when I cuz I did a <laughs> price
1: raise. Uh um uh, I was going to raise it to 497 and I did and someone went back to one of my old emails and bought it for the 497, but yeah, I've never never sold it at 297.
0: Yeah, so you know, pricing is part of this process. My when I first when I first launched my course, I think I started at 97 and I've tried everything from 97 all the way up to 497 and You just got to, you got to, there's, there's so many different things you can test and pricing is one of them. So that may be one of the things that, um, that we'll have to tweak to increase the sales. And when you tweak pricing, that doesn't mean you have to come down either. You know, sometimes you go up with pricing and and see even better results. So yeah, we'll see. And and I'm sure you're going to keep us posted on, uh, on the progress with that. Absolutely. Uh, The other thing that I've been doing the past week uh, still, still fine tuning Facebook ads, working with my Facebook ads guy. There is one, uh, there's one new kind of philosophy and campaign that we put together over the past week or about a week ago that we were both pretty excited about, but, uh, it didn't work. It just, it just didn't get the results that yeah. we were hoping for. And that's just part of the process. You yeah, know, it goes right along with what, what, what I'm telling you about testing. We, yeah. uh, we thought we were on the right track but we put it out there and you know i spent about 500 dollars testing it and uh and it just got almost no results so um we i needed to uh to to cancel it
1: but yeah it's more of a, it's more of a science than an art sometimes it's not it's not just about making something really cool. You have really do have to just like test stuff and see what works. You know, you have to have that persistence to understand that, you know, it takes, it takes a few times for everyone to get it right. Some people it takes 10 times. Some people it takes 20 times. But if you just keep testing and keep tweaking, you can, you can eventually find something that converts.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, I've, I've got, um, with, with my course, you know, I've tested so much over the years. I feel very confident about my funnel. And that's one reason that I, and uh, I'm confident to share it with somebody like you as well and confidence going to work, but you're yep. not going to be able to use my exact funnel 100% because you're not, you're not selling online piano lessons. Yep. So in terms of Facebook, there is one cool thing that we did the past week as well that has been working pretty well. Have you heard of Facebook lead ads? No, I have not. It's pretty cool. Um, you know, to enter, to enter my funnel and now to enter your funnel People, people give you their email address in exchange for something, right? You have your little quick start microgreens yep. business guide. I have my um, five-day workbook. Um, that's the initial trade that happens is, is I get your email address, you get this guide, and same for you. Well, what, what Facebook lead ads does, instead of somebody having to click your ad, take you to your landing page, and then opt in, it kind of eliminates a step. Right from the ad, you can click on it, and enter your email address and then you get entered into the funnel.
1: Wow, I've never seen these before.
0: Yeah, they've they've been around a couple of years. I've heard some buzz about them the past couple of years, and I've always been interested in trying them out. But Facebook has always really inti- Facebook ads have always intimidated me. Yeah. So it was uh it was the recommendation of my Facebook ads guy that we go ahead and try to implement some Facebook lead ads. And uh, so far, so good. You know, they're definitely coming in at a cheaper rate than than the normal normal Facebook ads. So far, it's only been a few days, but the the concept I think is pretty cool. That's awesome. Yeah, I've heard. I, I can't believe I haven't seen
1: those. I get a decent bit of ads. I don't. I just get them on my mobile phone. I have a, the the kill Facebook newsfeed add on on my computer, so I don't ever see anything on there. But uh, yeah, I haven't I haven't seen that at all. I've heard heard a little bit of buzz lately about like Facebook Messenger ads and messenger bots, but I don't really know what, what that's all about.
0: <laughs> yeah, and look, once you start once you start advertising on Facebook, you're probably gonna to want to turn that ad on off because it's fun to see other people's advertising and compare it to yours.
1: Yeah. I screenshot the good I I love reading them I and I, I screenshot or try and save the good ones I see on my phone.
0: But yeah. Swipe Facebook, file. Yeah. Swipe file. Exactly. So Facebook messenger ads is the hot new thing apparently. And we are experimenting with that a little bit as well. So basically at at a certain point in your funnel or, you know, just a certain point in your advertising, you can actually automatically send potential customers a Facebook message and you pay Facebook to be able to do that. And it's kind of, I don't know, I'm hesitant about it. It just seems kind of spammy. You know, I've never gotten a Facebook message from somebody that wasn't a friend. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. We're going to test it very, very slowly and see how it goes. Yeah.
1: That might be, I mean, that's probably the advantage is most people, they're used to just getting messages from friends. So they already feel like they have a deeper relationship with you automatically just because you're coming through that channel.
0: Yeah, exactly. All right. And the last thing uh, I've been working on this past week is just, uh, is just working on my online course on how to create an online course. So, uh, if you, um, for the people out there, you know, this is the online course guy podcast. Uh, and eventually I am going to have a course out there on how to take your hobby and turn it into an online course. And it's going to be a lot of the things that I've been working with Nate on to implement this funnel that's working in my business. And, um, and so I've been working on that course, but what I did finish is um, a quick start guide, right? eight awesome. steps uh yeah so <clears throat> eight steps to um to turning your hobby into an online course um so if you go to the com, you can grab grab a grab a copy of that and um and so that leads us into our topic today Nate which is can you create an online course yeah and by you we mean the people listening to this right anyone yep Can anyone create an online course? Yeah. So where, let's talk about where we were first when, when we decided to, or when we first got the idea for our own online courses, like where were we in terms of that hobby or, or or niche? Right. So for example, it was 2013 for me, early 2013. And, um, You know, I've been playing piano since I was five years old. I am not, I had a bad relationship with piano for about the first 12 years. Um, It was like many people, like many kids, you know, your parents force you to go to piano lessons. You don't really like it. You don't really practice and therefore you don't like progress very far. You're not going to progress much with anything. Like if you're not into it. Oh yeah. And it wasn't until like I got to college and I was a little bit older and kind of found a different, simpler, easier way to play piano that I really appreciated it for the first time. So I appreciated having that background, but I also um, really needed just like a different way than the the whole classical approach and sheet music and all that. And so I... Uh, so piano was one of the main hobbies of my life for a long, long time. And I got in, I was getting into just like trying to come up with an online business idea, listening to podcasts, and it just clicked one day. I was like, oh, I wonder if I could put together an online piano course, all right? And the, th- the main thing I want to convey is that I was not the world's greatest pianist. I yep. just had, I, I struggled, and then I kind of found a better way, an easier way for me, since I'm not, I just, I wasn't born with some, great musical ability. My family's not musical. I have a terrible ear for music. I'm very mathematical. And that's why, you know, I was an engineer, and that's why I kind of took an engineer's approach to learning the piano too. So if you go through my lessons, there's a lot of like numbers and formulas and things like that. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, you know, th- there's probably people out there like me who would like to play this instrument but don't want to go about it the traditional way. So I wasn't, uh, I wasn't an expert, but I kind of had my own twist on it. And that's where I was when I first got the idea. That's cool. Yeah. What about you?
1: Yeah. I I think people are going to be excited to hear what I have to say because I wasn't it wasn't a hobby of mine or I wasn't an expert when I got started on this journey. (laughs) Yeah. So like I was pretty starting from scratch. It was 2015 and I'd been gardening on a, like a small home scale just for a couple of years before that, just growing food for ourselves, you know, a little bit with my wife. And, uh, we got the farm going in 2016. I created a half our yard. I, I tilled up and, started growing stuff for restaurants and that's when I just start decided to get going on the microgreens I'd heard other people selling them and I just created the videos after I learned something basically like I learned I learned how to get it up and going and then I created the the five or six YouTube videos um this is after you know I just start just started learning them and then just started selling them So I was just very early on when I started teaching about microgreens and um, created my quick start guide. Basically, it was how I got going quickly and avoided some of the common early mistakes and how I started selling them. And um, by the time I and then like, you know, seven, eight months later or yeah, seven, eight months later, I had completely changed my setup and I'd really had things dialed in and felt great about it and felt like I was doing it better than 90% of the people that I saw uh, online. I had a really, really killer schedule. That's when I decided to do the online course, just because I had thought I had a lot of value to offer people. And I had a lot of cool um, downloads and little recipe books I was giving away at my farmer's market and um, some checklists for selling to chefs and different cool tools I was using.
0: What I don't understand, Nate, is when you you first learned about the how to grow microgreens and, and sell microgreens. You had this idea to put some videos on YouTube, but that's not when you had the idea to make an online course, right? Well, I, I saw that
1: it could be possible to do an online course because the one of the people I was learning from, Curtis Stone, he had already launched an online course, I think, at that time. So I, I knew... I said, I'm going to start teaching this. And if it picks up steam, you know, I know online courses is one option I might be able to do in the future.
0: Okay. So you did, you, you, you had that as a possibility and what's yep. great and what you did absolutely right at the time is that you put these videos on YouTube and you had a very strong call to ac- call to action at the end and you, and you collected email addresses. Yeah, A lot of people, there's, I mean, there's, there's almost an infinite number of videos on YouTube and a lot of people are teaching things, showing people how to do things, but that's the, that's the whole video. There's nothing else to it. You know, you, you looked up six or eight months later and you had, you had collected all these email addresses from people interested in this topic.
1: Yep. And it's, it, it, that is super powerful. And that is the, that is a major key because I ran the numbers on like this was like a few months ago. I ran the numbers on my channel, how many views I had. And it was like just over 100,000 total views. And uh, they say you get like one to two dollars per thousand views or something like that. So I would have made like $100, 100 to $200 off my channel if it was monetized through ads. But instead, I made like $20,000 off, my cha- off that, those videos I put up. So that's the power of, you know, getting someone an email address and then building an information product to help them serve them more on the back end.
0: Yeah. And and look, running ads on your YouTube videos is not the way to go. If you want to make Mm-mm. money online, that's not the way to go. There's um there's a guy in my space I really admire. His name is Joe Rossidi. And uh, I've actually talked to him a couple of times. He has a very, very successful... YouTube channel where he teaches, he teaches individual songs on the piano. He's really, he's a really good teacher. In fact, I've learned a lot from him. Yeah. He's got like 300,000 subscribers. It's insane. Yeah, and And just millions and millions of views and he's got ads running on all his videos. But look, he, he's got a full time job. Like this is yeah. just some, a little bit of extra income from him. This is not what he does. This is not what he does for a living. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I think a lot of people that listen to your podcast might not even like be creating any content online, but if people that are listening to this already are creating content online, like you should really be listening to like this online course thing and information products. Cause it's, it's really easy to, to dial that or to, you know, hook that right in with what you're already doing with content.
0: Yes, absolutely. So let's say that. So there's somebody that, that has a YouTube channel they're making a few bucks from the ads. Well, you want to be making money from a product that you're selling, or even somebody else's product that you're an affiliate for, um, because the, the potential earnings there is just significantly higher than what you get from ad revenue. Oh, yeah. Going back to to your example, I mean, you know, if you look at my quick start guide that I that I put together on the onlinecourseguide.com. The first step is not to make your course. That's one of the very last steps. Yep. And and what you did was great in that you want to um, you want to have a landing page up somewhere and you want to offer some sort of value in exchange for an email address so you can start collecting people's email addresses. And then you YouTube is an incredible place to start in terms of driving traffic to that new landing page because yep. it's free. It's basically free, right? You have to put up. You have to take the time to make your videos and you may have to invest in like a camera or some video editing software or something like that. But there are very, very inexpensive options. You don't have to pay YouTube anything to create a channel and upload videos there and things yeah. like that. So it's a great yeah, way to get started. I, I, my, camera,
1: I, my camera was like a $100 camera from six years ago that I used for those videos.
0: <laughs> yeah. And my first videos were done on a $60 webcam yeah. But I think both of us got started marketing our online course the same way in that we started on YouTube for free and directed all the traffic there at the end of the video. You say, if you want to learn more, you know, you head over to my website. I've got a free guide waiting for you. Or in my case, you know, free wor- for free uh, ebook. Um, just click here or click the link in the description and it takes them right to the landing page and then they get that. And even if you don't have an online course yet, even if you have nothing to offer yet, at the very least, just get Pete, Just start collecting those email addresses so that when your course is ready, you've got a database to market to. Yeah, and I, I set that
1: up, that creating my lead magnet, my quick start guide, the 10-page guide, and building the landing page, and then going into MailChimp and just putting the quick start guide in the welcome email, the first email they get. I set that all that up in like one day. I even wrote the guide. wrote did it all in one day, and and then I didn't. And I, you know, had that ready to go. And then I started making my videos and did the call to action. And people for the first four months, when they signed up for my list, they would get the Quick Start Guide as their first email, and then they wouldn't get anything else from me at all. So that's I just, you know, just set up that simple thing to start collecting leads before I had any intention of monetizing it.
0: Well, I'm impressed that all took one day, man. Because I think it took several weeks if not months for me to get all that set up
1: yeah i I had done that a few times before i did it with my i did it with my farm and i've done it with a couple other websites in the past Uh, and i just i I can write really fast when i get in the zone i mean i i had been deep in growing microgreens for months before that so it was pretty easy for me to bust out that guide. and you could just i'd say people just keep it simple you know your lead magnet doesn't have to be anything crazy
0: Yeah. There's no doubt about that. I, my, my original lead magnet was the first eight days of my course in an ebook. And eventually I was like, man, this is just, this is actually giving away too much because people are like, well, I already have eight days of content. Why would I spend $300 to get the other 13? Yeah. And so I was able to, the last time I kind of redesigned my course, I was able to find a good cutoff point after five days. Yeah. And it's just a, it's just a little PDF download too. I mean, what i really want to, what I really want people to sign up for eventually is my video course. Yeah. And so I think I really feel really good about the, the lead magnet, you know, what people get at this point, but it's been through a lot of iterations. It's, yeah. it's probably the 10th different version of my lead magnet yeah. through the past few years.
1: Yeah, and and I, you know, I've got some Amazon affiliate links for products they should buy when they're getting started in their microgreens business. I've got those in my Quick Start guide, and I get a hundred dollar Amazon gift card every month. I wouldn't even have to create information, any information products, and I'd be getting value from it. So,
0: well, that's really cool, Nate, and that's that's something I built affiliate links into the new Quick Start guide um, for online course guy, mm-hmm. with, because I I'm I'm telling people the services I'm recommending like, you know where to go to Register your domain and and hosting and then, you know email autoresponder and landing page software All of those you're going to need pretty much all of those. Yep. So, you know, I'm not I haven't I'm not too experienced in the affiliate stuff because uh, with with piano, there just there wasn't a lot of that, you know, people need a keyboard or a piano. And most people already have that. And then they, then they need my course. And that's pretty much it. And that's cool that you're doing the Amazon affiliate stuff. I will tell you that where I am, you know, in my state, Louisiana, they don't allow that. So I can't make revenue from, um, from like Amazon affiliate links. So that's cool that you're doing that.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I haven't researched if I can do it in Indiana. <laughs> I hope so.
0: Well, it wouldn't let you if, if oh, okay. it's based on where the state, your, your business is registered. And if okay. if it's in a state, there's like five states, I think that it doesn't let you do it. And uh, it just, Amazon wouldn't let you do it if it would yeah. be automatic. So that's really cool. All right, so let's talk about, somebody is trying to think about what they're even gonna teach somebody. Like what are they gonna yeah. make an online course about? For me, the my first online course, the topic was pretty easy. You know, if we're talking about taking a hobby and turning it onto, into an online course, By far, my number one hobby was playing the piano. For you, you actually, as soon as you learned this new thing, you started teaching it, which is really, really cool. So people can take something they already know how to do, or maybe they can take something they've always wanted to know more about it or always wanted to learn about. And as part of that learning process, they can also start teaching it to other people.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think it can almost be better to like be, to be a beginner and be learning something while you're teaching it. Cause you're really enthusiastic about it and it comes across in your videos and your marketing and everything. Whereas if you're an expert on, you know, um, indoor house plants and you've been doing it for 20 years, it's kind of like, it's kind of maybe dried up a little bit for you and you're, <laughs> you're not as excited about it. Um, and when you're when you're going through something you're you're in that beginner's mindset and you can you know exactly what struggles other people are running into it's a lot more clear to you so i think it's you don't have to be an expert at all um if it's something you that comes easy to you and you totally like to you still love to geek out on i think that's a great great place to start but it all can also be something that you're really excited about starting to learn and you know it's going to be a little bit of a, an effort you know as you're learning that, just take really good notes. That's pretty much what I do with microgreens and then use the notes to start teaching.
0: Yeah, I, I agree completely. The only thing to keep in mind is you don't want to you don't want to start going down this path before you get results. Yep. Right. That's you didn't exactly start right. you didn't start trying to teach other people how to do this until after you were actually making money selling to selling at farmers markets, selling to chefs things yep. like that, right? Yeah, so I have knew it written, you had a proven system. I have
1: it written down right in front of me. You don't need a certification, but your results are your certification.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, like it wouldn't make a lot of sense for me to teach other people how to make an online course just because I if I had an online course out there and it like it could potentially sell copies, but I wasn't actually selling copies of it, then I have no business trying to teach other people how to make an online course, right? yep i so, think
1: I think in general, you know though a lot of people they just suffer from the imposter syndrome they're always worried that like they're gonna no one's gonna people aren't gonna think they're an expert because people i people are more knowledgeable than them well i mean people are there's always going to be someone more knowledgeable in what you're teaching pretty pretty much unless you spend your whole life on something you just have to be you know at least a couple steps ahead of the people that are behind you and have have gotten results from the things you tried basically
0: yeah and i really like what you said a minute ago about results being your credentials that's pretty cool yep and so i think we've talked about this before but do you if if an online course on your subject already exists, is that a reason not to do it?
1: Definitely not. No. <laughs> and
0: why not? That's,
1: that's validation in a certain extent because those people, um, you know, if they spent the time to create a whole online course, most of the, most of the, most of the people, you know, they, if it, if it's a decent course anyways, they, they have a market and they researched it and they're probably selling it. Um, it's kind of like a proof It kind of proves the model.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly right. And, um, so, so next, this is going to be an interesting topic cause we come at this from a completely different background, I would say. So in your opinion, how techie, how computer savvy do you have to be to profit from an online course? Uh, well,
1: I mean, you just, if you have confidence in yourself, I don't think you need to know anything. I think every skill that you need to build an online course is, is pretty simply learnable. It's not, you're not doing any heavy coding or anything like that. You're hardly doing any coding at all. You could not do any coding at all easily. I've just done it a few times, just real minor stuff. And, uh, I mean like you helped me with that, that little bit of coding last week, but that was just some weird, weird deal that didn't even really need to be done. Um, and basically the software that you need to create your online course and to create your landing pages, they have amazing trainings built right into it that you can go to and just watch the video and you just follow it along step-by-step. Um, you, you could just, you know, do click funnels and then your MailChimp and have an online course up and for sale. And you wouldn't, you wouldn't need any tech background whatsoever.
0: Yeah, because you're coming at this from a pretty low-tech background. Oh, yeah. There's There's going to be people out there that are even worse at it than you, believe it or not. Yeah. And so they've got to – I think that's going to be one of the biggest sticking points for for some people is they know they have this hobby. They know how to do the hobby. They know how to teach other people about it, but they're just scared to take it online because – Seems like a lot of work, and it seems like maybe they just aren't capable of handling the tech part of things. And so when I when I when I put together my online course on how to do this, I'm I'm definitely going to take this very step by step and show people exactly how to do the technical stuff um, as well as the theoretical stuff. But also, what I'd recommend to those people is there's a there's a tool there's an online service out there that. That's one of my favorite things, one of my favorite websites, and it's Upwork.com. You ever used Upwork? Yeah, I have. I used it
1: once for my Etsy business a few years ago.
0: So it's it's a it's a it's a place you can go to hire people for just about anything, and it's mostly well, it's pr- pretty much only online work. So it's things that people could do online for you, and you just go there, you post a job, you you just you you uh, type in what the scope is you know what your budget is and um, and then you hit go and you just you start getting depending on what the topic is you start getting proposals pretty much immediately and you can go through and see their past work their past reviews and uh, it's really really cool I use it all the time so if you're just starting out and you don't you don't have the technical background and you don't want to learn that and you just you want to focus on just your hobby and teaching your hobby, you can outsource pretty much everything else and you can outsource it for very, very cheap if you find the right person in the right country.
1: Yep. Yeah, I I did I hired someone to do some Photoshop work and I probably saved myself like a hundred hours and paid them just like a hundred dollars. It was an amazing experience and the work was super high quality.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing. Like I I'm not I know a lot, I know a little bit about a lot of things, right? I'm not the world's greatest video editor. I know how to do it, but there's, there's people that only do video editing and so yep. they're going to do a better job than you. I know a little bit about photo retouching, but just a little bit, right? I know a little bit about building landing pages. I know a little bit about Facebook ads, a little bit about Google AdWords. I know a little bit about all this, but if I really want to do something right and do something at a really high quality, then I need to outsource it. So I'm at a point now in my business where I've got all these things set up. And so I'm kind of going back at each thing one by one and saying, okay, did I set this up myself? And if so, is my business at a point to where I need to outsource this to an expert to make it even better?
1: And, you know, I think a lot of people probably even are a little scared of doing outsourcing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Still freaks me out a little bit. But one hack that you can you can use to like get around whether whether you have no tech skills or you have a bunch of tech skills it doesn't matter you should do this regardless I think is try and find someone that's already doing what you want to do just a, a little bigger scale than you and uh, see if you can help them somehow or get them to mentor you or hire them to be your coach um, so if you don't have any tech background maybe find someone that created an online course that doesn't have any tech background. Like me or whatever, I'm not actually out for hire right now, but you get the point. Who can guide you of how to do it without tech experience? That's what I did. That's basically what I did. you know, I wanted to make my online course sales a lot better and my funnel a lot better, so I found you who was doing exactly what I wanted to do and reached out to you, and that has been the the hugest hack to like making this not nearly as stressful you just basically have been telling me what i need to do the entire time and i just go do it.
0: Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's a that's a really good point. Don't don't hesitate to reach out to people. I did that when i was first getting started as well. There was a there was a guy by the name of Dean Dwyer who at the time had a very very um popular podcast. He since he since shut it down for some reason. His podcast was called Make Shift Happen. It was kind of a clever name. Yeah. S H I F T. I was listening to his podcast and I had a question about one of the things he said. And so I just emailed him. This was several years ago and he responded within like 10 minutes. And he's like, you want to jump on Skype? And since we've talked many, many times and he just seemed like this completely unreachable person. But in reality, he was a, he was a person just like I was. And, you know, he he was just trying to trying to, you know, succeed and make his place in the world just like me. And, um, and he was happy to, to, to chat with me. Um, just like I was happy to chat with you, you know, it's, it's, um, so reaching out to people is, is, is definitely a good idea. So that's good. And like for you're getting ready to, or I don't know when you're going to have
1: your online course about online courses for sale, but you know, as you welcome that first group in, you're going to be heavily invested in all of them getting results. So if anyone's like listening to this podcast, this episode, you're here at the very beginning. Keep listening for when Jacques opens that up, because if you're one of the first students to get it, probably, you know, I don't know what you're going to charge. But if you charge a high amount, you're going to be you're going to be helping them handholding and and one on one support anyways. But I mean, that's going to be that's going to be a huge hack for someone who wants to do this thing is like you could you could join someone else who's teaching about creating an online course there's people that have like massive audiences that are teaching this stuff but they're not you know they everything's automated and they're not as invested in their students so if you can find someone that's kind of new at at launching something you can you can get in and get that hand holding it's kind of a little edge you can get
0: yeah thanks for the uh thanks for the pitch for my course nate i appreciate that hmm <laughs> yeah, and the uh we're probably just a few more weeks here and like I said that quick start guide is available now and if you as you could imagine to get that I need your email address. Um online course 101, right? But yeah. if you ha- if I get your email address then obviously you'll be you'll be the first to know when that the new course is ready. Yeah. All right. So one of the last things here Nate would be how much time does this take? Is this, is this a t- significant time commitment?
1: Um, that sort of depends, I guess, on how much of a perfectionist you are. If you can, if you can just try and go by the eighty twenty rule and just get, get a product out there, just, Launch something and keep it simple as much as you can. That was kind of my mantra as I was creating my online products. Just keep it simple, stupid. Just I would always like before I'd start working for the day, I'd say, okay, what can I kind of cut out? <laughs> All these things I have to do. What what is the minimum viable product I can make to launch? And uh, for me, it was pretty small time investment compared to the return. I mean, my first product, the branding package, I put together in a day, and including or maybe the emails like uh, one day after that and uh, made the landing pages one more day after that. And that thing sold for six, seven months without me doing a single other thing. And then the online course, I filmed it over two weeks and uh, I would edit it in bed at night, every day after I got done filming. And then I created the actual course. It took me like three days or so to create that and created the sales page and a few emails was another few days so I did it in less than a month
0: that's pretty good just working a
1: few hours a day I would film just while I was working on my microgreens business and then I would just edit at night for you know a few hours and that was it
0: it doesn't have to like you're saying it doesn't have to take a lot of time for for a few reasons I mean first of all you've got to be motivated you got to have the motivation to want to do this if you Come home from work and are watching TV and being lazy. Then, then you clearly don't want to do this, right? Yep. So you got to have the motivation. But and then secondly, you've got to you've got to know what you're doing, right? You have got to have the right system. That's what I tell uh, my my piano students is, you know, to be able to learn piano, you've got to have the motivation. You've got to have the right system. Yep. You know, you could be motivated, but if you're going down the wrong path, you're never going to learn. And that's the same for online courses. When I first started out, I was so Lost. This was 2013. There wasn't as much information as there yep. is today about making an online course. I was so lost. I would spend days researching like where to host my videos. Yeah, it was just a mess. So that's why I want to. That's why I really want to put together a, a very step by step, everything included, um, start at point A, end in point Z, how to get your online course up, course, yep. so that people don't have to struggle like I did. Yeah and then i think there was a third thing but i kind of lost my train of thought were you going to say something
1: no i mean that really is the best option just you know find someone that has a has the model and can show you exactly what to do and out just outline what you want to do and what you want to teach and try and cut things out and keep it as simple as possible your first iteration because you can you tell people in your marketing when you're selling it that they get lifetime updates that you know this is the first version of my course i'm excited to get people in to get people start learning um i'm going to really support my new the new people that join i'm going to make ask answer all your questions i'm going to keep making new stuff to keep answering your questions and um i have maybe even you know a special deal for this first group so you don't have to price it what you think you're gonna at the end too you can give people a special rate for like the minimum viable minimum viable product of your course. Um, that's pretty much what I did. I mean, I knew there was like there was like thirty more videos that I wanted to shoot and thirty more things I could have taught, but I was just like, at some point, I just need to I need to do those in the future, and that for now, just create something that I can have finished. It's it's really hard for me too because I'm I don't know. I guess my wife probably wouldn't say I'm a perfectionist, but. I, uh, yeah, I have a lot of ideas. So when I start building something, I just get, I just get a huge list of like more stuff I can do for it.
0: Yeah. And and so that's, that's exactly the the thing I was going to say that I, that I kind of lost my train of thought was get something out there. I'm all about getting something out there as fast as possible. Um, the longer it takes to do something the less likely it is you're actually going to finish it so let's finish it it doesn't have to be perfect let's get it out there and then we can always go back and redo it whether it's the whole online course or just little pieces of things like the the videos leading up to the launch of your course or the landing page or whatever let's get a version out there live to where you can start getting people through your funnel and we can always go back and tweak it later, update it later. I've got another guy I'm working with who is an extremely uh, accomplished guitarist. He's phenomenal. And he's, um, he's got, he's, he's made his online course, um, but he's, he's tweaking his funnel. He's trying to get it, you know, he's doing some new videos and, uh, and he's been doing this for months. He's, I just, I want to shake him because he wants it to be perfect. Yeah. The first time it goes out there, he wants it to be perfect. And, what does that get him? It's, it's still not out there.
1: Yeah. And it's dev It'd be devastating too. You know, if you invest all that time into creating something and then there's just the market just doesn't want it like you thought they would. That's why I think too, you should, you should always survey your audience before you like create an actual product. Um, unless just tons of people are shooting you unsolicited emails, but What I did is I asked people, I said, Hey, I'm taking a survey of everyone's favorite recipe they use for microgreens. I have a couple other questions on the end of the survey. If you're, uh, if you have time to answer them, I'd be super grateful. So people went to the, it's a simple Google form and they fill that out. They gave me their recipes. And, uh, then I had like, what's your number one biggest problem with growing microgreens? What's your number one hardest part of selling microgreens and a few other questions like, you know, what are a few things you're struggling with? And so I just use the top answers to create my course. And I, you could create a course on just the top three, the top three problems that come through is and in, in, you know, that's, you're killing 80% of the, the birds with one stone. Um, I highly recommend that. And I told them, you know, if you help me with this survey, I'm going to send you i I'm going to create a free download that has all the microgreens recipes. So you guys can print that off and give it to your customers and whatnot.
0: Surveying is a great, great thing to do in terms of being able to give people exactly what they need. However, you can't do it if you don't have an audience already.
1: Yeah, no, (laughs) but you want to, you should have an email list built before you create your course. I think you should have some, you should have something going already.
0: Yes, that's exactly right. And that leads us perfectly into what we're going to talk about next week, Nate. And that is next week. I want to actually walk through these eight steps that I put together. So the awesome. eight steps um, in my quick start guide for earning recurring passive income from your hobby with an online course. Um, let's go over that ne- next week. One by one, we'll go over the eight steps and we're going to talk about, that'll be just one of many things we talk about in terms of, you know, you'll have your list and you'll, you'll actually start interacting with your audience before you even make your course so that you can make sure that you include in the course the things people actually want to learn from you. Sounds so, awesome. Yeah. So that's going to be, that's going to be our topic for next week. And this is our third episode. So you know what that means, right? It means we're getting ready to launch it to the public, right? Soon. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So we're going to be going live with this, uh, this podcast here shortly now that we've got three episodes out there. So when, uh, when people are listening to this, they hopefully can listen to, to the first three. Hopefully they're just going to want to binge it all up just like it were Netflix and then, uh, and then we'll do episode four next week and we'll, we'll try to stick on the, uh, the weekly schedule here and, uh, keep bringing people, hopefully valuable, you know, hobby online course content.
1: Awesome. Yeah. I think we've definitely given out some valuable information so far and hopefully increase people's confidence. And we have a couple of different perspectives. You know, you were kind of somewhat of an expert in that and I was a total beginner and you're more of a tech person. I'm not a tech person at all. So. It's cool that people are getting the different perspectives too.
0: Yeah, no doubt. So I think that's going to do it for this week, Nate, and we'll be, uh, we'll be back next week for that, uh, for those eight steps. And in the meantime, uh, you can go to the online course and grab a copy of that quick start guide. If you want to, you want to follow along with next week's episode. Awesome. See you next week, Nate. See you next week. Well, that does it for episode three of the Online Course Guy podcast. And like I mentioned, I've got my free quick start guide waiting for you at theonlinecourseguy.com. If you're thinking about putting together your online course from whatever your hobby or passion is, this is a great guide to get you started down that path. It has the eight steps to turning your hobby into an online course So go ahead and head to theonlinecourseguide.com and grab a copy of that guide. And we'll see you next week for the next episode of this podcast.